marketing. Drunk marketing. Drunk marketing. Drunk marketing. So as we're surrounded by candy here for this recording i can't help but to think about how i don't love the pairing of sweets and chocolates like for instance if you have skittles and m&ms and some monster decides to combine that the happened. two that happened to me really yeah well what was that story it was uh, i was i posted about it on instagram it was at christmas time okay and there was a bowl of candy yeah um and there was Somebody mixed M&M's and Skittles. And it was a nightmare. Yeah, what a monster. And then they put like some random, I think of it, I think I Instagrammed it, so I'll have to find it. Um, and they put some like, uh, like wrapped Christmas, um, like Santa Claus, like foil wrapped candies kind mm. of in there too. That was all, it was all mixed in. Oh God. Yeah, yeah. that's ridiculous. It was like some kind of tray. Yeah. Um, well, we're surrounded right now by Swedish Fish and Sour Patch Kids, two of my favorite candies. And then you also... You also whipped out the Junior Mints, which I haven't even tried a Junior Mint yet because I'm so deep into, like, the sugary candies. That, no, like... it's not. I tried one. It's not. Don't yeah. do it. Yeah. So, I love candy and I love chocolate, too. But, yeah, you combine the two, it's bad news. I mean, sugar, <laughs> like, any kind of, like, sugar candy is my favorite. So, like, obviously, these all came on my purse, which is because I went, <laughs> <laughs> I went to the movies yesterday. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> so... Which is why I have Swedish Fish and yeah, Sour was, Patch Kids. How was Wrinkle in Time? Wrinkle in Time was so good. Um, it's like the crinkle of the wrinkle of the bag that you just made. But oh, the crinkle of Sour Patch Kids bag in time. No, it was really good. It was... Um, they modernized it, which I thought was cool. Because mm-hmm. um, the books were in like the original books were in the 50s. Um, they took a little bit of a couple of parts out, but nothing that I felt was that significant. There was one piece that they mentioned... But they didn't necessarily like dive into dive in. It. They cut that part out, but they did this like weird brain meld thing, and they were like, "Oh look, there's Ant Beast." And I, if you knew the book, then you would know that that Ant <laughs> no, Beast no part idea. was like a whole section of of the the book. But well, sometimes in novels, it doesn't seem as drawn out, but then once you put it into like movie format, you're kind of like, "Okay, let's move this along" or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so. I mean, it was kind of an I mean, I won't say insignificant, but um, they totally wrote out two of the characters, which oh, was wow. like, there's twin brothers in the books they're just gone. that are older and they're just not in there at all. Wow. Which... It's like they got rid of those, the Weasley brothers, someone. <laughs> no, you can't are, do that. Those are the only books to movies I think I've ever seen that where I've also where I've read the book and seen the movie. Because I've seen Lord of the Rings, but I never read those books. Mm, I think I only saw the first Lord of the Rings movie. I never read the books, but I did listen to The Hobbit on tape. When I was driving um, cross country, so all right, it was that. Yeah, no, I've never read the Lord of the Rings. I read all the Harry Potters and saw the movies, so that was wow. when I kind of knew, like, absolutely, like, oh, they cut this out. Oh, they did this differently or whatever. So, I have an affinity for both the books and the movies in different ways. I don't feel sad about like certain parts of the books not being in in some of the movies. Like, people get pretty indignant about it, but there's a couple things that I could have would have liked to have seen. I thought the seventh movie didn't do that great of a job of explaining why 
the wand was Harry's in the end. Like having read oh, the, the book, other wand? yeah, having read the book, I knew. But like the movie, I thought like if you would only see the movie, I would be like, oh, it's Harry's now. Mm. Like and not really know like because it's just kind of at the end like he gets it. Yeah, I don't well, want to dive into spoilers of Harry Potter, um, so we can dive into something else. Yeah. But I was gonna say that like the Half Blood Prince is kind of the same, like the book, the Half Blood Prince, mm-hmm. where there's a whole part at the end of the book when you realize that Snape was the Half-Blood Prince. But like right. just in the movie, he's like, I'm the Half-Blood Prince. And yeah, because he, well, he's using the spells against them. He's like, you can't use those spells against me on the Half-Blood Prince or whatever. But yeah, it was a little less fleshed out, for sure. But still, one of my favorites. Um, yeah. Well, let's get started. All right, let's do it. All right. So do we have any corrections this week? We have two. Well, one correction, one clarification. Um... We are drinking Apothic Rosé. Oh, yeah. Tonight. We're having another Rosé Soiree. Another Rosé Soiree. It's just getting warmer out, so I just yeah. like immediately want to drink something. I almost bought those Truly... Actually, I don't remember. It wasn't the Truly brand, but it, there was like a spiked seltzer. Oh, okay. Um, and I almost bought that. It was like a grapefruit. Nice. I like grapefruit. Yeah, I know. And I was like, it been they're good. But then I was like, it was like a six-pack of cans, and it seemed like... would be like... Yeah. What's that in the background? <laughs> I mean, it's no worse than me crinkling a sour patch. Yeah, we're just like in the bed. <laughs> Either way, we're just like, yeah. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> but that shows up so loud. On the I know screen. <laughs> the screen is so big; it's like off the screen. And then when I talk normally, it's just like super low. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so we're having the Apothic Rosé, which Apothic wines like. Um, a moderate to cheap wine, but not terrible in any of their forms, I don't think. <clears throat> yeah, this rosé is good. I like bubbly rosé. This is a good rosé as I'm well. I'm sorry. It's no, it's, not <laughs> it's all good. I'm happy. And then, um, so corrections, I'm going to check it off before I say it. All right. Is that we were talking about emails last week, and you are talking about uh, a furniture store, which I said Wayfair. And you were like, yeah, I just went with it. But yeah, it was actually West, West Elm, Elm yeah. is the one. And I was listening back. I was like, no, that's not. Because like, I know that <laughs> you and I have looked at the West Elm. Yeah, yeah, we've like, looked at West Elm. And I've seen West Elms in hipster neighborhoods and have like, yeah, well, I was, used like, that Wayfair as a marker. Is, I don't think an actual store, which is why I was so confused. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's like, where the confusion came from. But yeah, in Hoboken. <laughs> yeah, Hoboken and Dumbo, Brooklyn. That's where I've seen West Elms. And they were swanky neighborhoods. And then... Um, Oh, oh no, my other, it's, although not a correction or a clarification, but we talked about my sister last week, and I think I mentioned that she'd never actually listened to the podcast, but she's since listened to the podcast, and I talked to her on the phone the other day, and she's listening to them, albeit out of order, which, like, oh, yeah, kills me. I don't know who does that. Like, I don't know. Apparently, my sister Well, does. technically, like, ours, if you go They're to episodic, iTunes, but... yeah, if you go to iTunes, the most recent one is on top, so that's, I could see people starting with that. Yeah, but she, like, aside from validating our being funny, because we are. God. At least. Listen, we're hilarious. We're so funny. <laughs> um, no, she was, like, she didn't really understand remarketing at all. Okay. With Facebook ads. So she was, like, super into, like, learning, learning about how. More. Nice. Yeah, so she's like, I didn't realize, like, and then, like, she loves those kind of, like, we're talking about the quizzes when you, like, yeah, yeah. are taking a quiz that's not a BuzzFeed quiz. Um, we're just educating the masses here at Drunk Marketing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, it's the thing, like, she's, like, that's not her wheelhouse. She, like. Right, of course, it's not everybody's wheelhouse. 
Yeah. And so like as a consumer, that's what she actually said. She was like, I really like that a lot of the things that I've heard so far, you've talked about like not just from a marketer standpoint, like you've brought the consumer standpoint mm-hmm. into it a little bit. So I think we're going to do that again today, maybe a yeah. little bit. For yeah, sure definitely. Too. No, so today is all about um, disruptive brands and how they kind of like you think about a brand like Uber or something like that. And it's just like all of a sudden you knew about Uber and then everyone was using it. Like, yeah, you don't, I, it's like, I remember in college, like, Oh, just get an Uber. I'm like, okay, I'll download that app. Cause I've heard of Uber and now like we're all using Ubers. Yeah. So brands like that, that just kind of disrupted the industries that they were in and just kind of blew up. So just kind of wanted to tell their stories and, and figure out how every other brand can kind of take, um, some notice of that and kind of apply it to their own. So if you want to, I know you have two and I only have one, so I'll let you fire That's off okay. your first one first. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to, although Uber is not on either of our lists, um, specifically in areas like Canton where um, the like we always joked with like the one cab that's in right, Canton, yeah, Ohio. Like we had one cab. Like I swear yeah. there was like... Pretty much. It was always at the airport. Like, yeah. It's like, oh, you're going to get the one cab that's available in Canton, Ohio. But like now all of a sudden you kind of have this like awesome resource available to you. So. Right. And Uber didn't even do that much. They're like hailing a cab. You have to do that with your arms. Wouldn't it be great if you could do it on your phone and then you could see it on your way? Like, and that's it pretty much. That's all Uber is. <laughs> right. Well, then like it just allowed the common people to start driving people right yeah and the driver's side as well but for the consumer i mean right um but the driver's side's awesome as well so yeah. we won't we won't get an uber today we could probably do a, we could probably do a whole episode mm-hmm. on uber i'm not crazy point. about what's been going on there lately but i just got an email today there's a new ceo and they're they're starting to turn they're over. No longer they're like turn, sexually they're, harassing people yeah exactly they're turning <laughs> over they're turning over a new leaf but yeah they were there was a lot of sexual harassment stuff that was getting a little scary so yeah some of the drivers were well if you too yeah maybe a better vetting process who knows right um, anyway, go ahead. So <laughs> you have the floor. I do, and of course, I just like wadded up a swoosh. <laughs> oh God, we need to put the candy away. For the- All right, <laughs> so. hold on, give me one second. Mm-hmm. Just time. Just- yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ew, don't don't make mouth noises. It's gross. Um, <laughs> it's you chewing your Swedish fish. That's not me. <laughs> oh, As fuck. a sufferer of misophonia. No misophilia. Yeah. No misophonia. <laughs> That's terrible. Misophonia is the thing, if you don't know, it's where certain sounds, a lot of times eating noises, but really any noise, um, causes you um, anger, kind of. So There's like a good joke about there of some guy who's been married for like 40 years, be like, oh, like when I say my wife's name. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Like, that's a horrible joke. Yeah. (laughs) But like my earliest remembrance of... Misophonia was my dad eating cereal mm. in the evenings. So, like, that was, like, his bedtime, like, you know, 8 p.m. snack, not bedtime. But, like, we'd be, like, sitting on the couch watching a show or whatever as a family. And my dad would have a bowl of cereal. And he would, like, the the spoon hitting the bowl followed by this, like, intake of breath. It was, like, oh, like yeah. you had to take a deep breath before he put it. And it was, like, <gasps> and then the, oh, the cereal in the mouth. <laughs> I'm exaggerating, like, the breathing noise. And then, like, the the teeth, like, the spoon clinking against the teeth, and then, like, the chewing. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad also suffers, like, my, when my mom eats grapes, he, like, flips out. Crazy <laughs> flips out. Like, my mom won't even eat grapes in the same room as him anymore. Yeah, everyone has their thing, so. Yeah, so eating noises, um, breathing noises really bother me. Eating noises, I can't, there's a lot of noises and sounds that bother me. I mean, I know you have, like, that whole weird paper, paper towel thing. 
Yeah, napkins. If someone like, like nail files. Yeah. Well, napkins in general is like nails on a chalkboard to to me. Like napkins crinkling together. Anyway. All right. Okay. We're both candy free in our mouths, so I think we're good. <laughs> yeah. Um, aside from this like little piece I have stuck in my tooth, but no to save that for later. Yeah, that's obviously that's what you do with those. <laughs> that's the post podcast snack. All right, so the first brand that I wanted to talk about that I think did a really good job of disrupting the the industry, but from a marketing standpoint, I think um, they gained a lot of traction from the web. So I thought that was you know, a little bit of a variance because it's not like this this brand had this significant advertising campaign. I have noticed like just recently seeing some ads. All right. Well, who um, is it? I'm excited to hear. I know this is something that's <laughs> near, a build up right now, right near and dear to my heart, which is the I don't like shopping at all, okay. like clothes shopping, but I love grocery shopping. Okay. Yeah. So food is great. Food is great. So Aldi mm-hmm. the is grocery store, yeah, the yeah. grocery store that I want to talk about. Um, so first off, like just talking about Aldi in general. Uh, I did not look up whether they were like where they were from. It's not. It was either Germany or the UK, somewhere no, in Europe. They're important. European company, no. um, but they have been in the United States since the seventies, which I didn't know about. Okay. Um, but one thing, I actually, I feel like I I saw Aldi before, but like in my like I kind of like lumped them together with like a Save a Lot or right, like a the, Dollar the budget, General, like the budget places that you don't really want to go into. Yeah, I'm not going to go like. like you're not sure if, like, the food that you buy is going to expire next week. Right, the, the ground beef is green for some reason. You're right. Like... <laughs> well, they got past a little bit of a, Aldi got past, like, a little bit of a ground beef oh, mishap a couple years ago. But, yeah, that was a whole thing. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, the grocery store, Aldi. And, and some of the things I think that they've done a great job in setting themselves apart and kind of raising the bar um, in the grocery market is that, their first off their prices are obviously better because it's just kind of a a very like like the way the shelves are stocked they're like in boxes like they don't do a lot of like fancy shelving they don't oh, have okay. like pop displays at the end of the aisles they oh, don't yeah, those have are the worst because i end up buying so many oreos yeah <laughs> and then so when i first um decided to shop at aldi because i'm such a like creature of habit mm-hmm. somebody had you know i'll get back to kind of what i was going to get to before but um, some, you know, a couple of my friends were like super, just like really proponents of Aldi and like, you know, like you have to shop there, like the, the great cheese selection, which just more or less sold me. Yeah. The cheese selection. Yeah. They do have a great cheese selection. Man, I'm going to have to check it out. But I knew. It's on the side of Belden though that I don't like going to. It's like the other side of Belden. For I me, don't. You know? Yeah. I can go to the, like, I'm kind of equidistant. I can also go to the one in Hartville, which isn't terrible. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but they re- just did, just redid the one in Belden. The parking lot, that whole area is still kind of a nightmare to get in and out of. But um, but for me, excuse me, like creature of habit, I really enjoy, like, I like that I can go to the grocery store. I know exactly where everything is up and down mm-hmm. each of the aisles. Right, yeah. And I think you, I, have, you have that grocery store you've been going through since you've lived in the place and you just know, like, yeah. I have this thing on my list. I know exactly where it is. I get it third on my grocery list every time. You know? But for me, it doesn't matter. Cause, like, I will walk up every, up and down every aisle except for the pet food aisle. It's the only aisle I skip because <laughs> there's really absolutely nothing for me in mm-hmm. that aisle. But they don't sell crickets, so they don't sell crickets. <laughs> but the, um, you know, but I, I do. Whether or not I need something in that aisle, I typically tend to walk up and down it. But I knew, like I said, I kind of made this decision I was going to try Aldi out. Like, I was, like, listening to my friends, and I needed some good cheese, so I'm going to go to Aldi. But I, knowing myself, I actually went 
and read a bunch of blogs. And like I said, like I'm really into Pinterest mm-hmm. yeah, and um, there are so many pins like about like shopping at, at Aldi and why you need to shop at Aldi. Like what the best, really? nice. yeah, what the best like products are to buy at Aldi. Um, but me being like my, again, like creature of habit, like I wanted to know like how I needed to shop at Aldi. Like what do I need to know before I go to Aldi? And so I like, I just did some searches on like, things you need to know before you shop at Aldi. It's like I <laughs> for sure articles yeah, about that. Like I knew that like their shopping carts are all chained together and you have to just put a quarter in the cart to get them out. Oh my God. You have to pay for a shopping cart. No, but then you get your quarter back at the end. Oh, so like, but there's so the, like, what? that's the thing that makes their costs lower. It's like, they don't have a cart guy that like walks around and corrals the carts from okay, the okay. parking lot. Because if you want your quarterback, you have to put it back in the thing. And, like, there's, you know, sometimes you're, like, lucky and there's somebody walking into Aldi while you're uh, yeah, leaving. Yeah. And you're, like, hey, you need a cart. Mm-hmm. And every now and then you're, like, no, I just keep the quarter. You're feeling, like, magnanimous. Or, like, you just, when you put it back in the corral, you leave the quarter in the, in the slot for, like, the next, you know, paid for kind of nice. Wow. Feel good thing. Yeah, so, I didn't realize that type of culture existed at, the, at Aldi. Let's yeah. Check it out. Well, that's one of their, like that's one of the selling points again like they're not having to pay for that like parking lot management and figuring out who's gonna put the cards yeah, the back reason unemployment so i no, because people want yeah <laughs> well there's like again like in the way this this the shelves are stocked like the things are in the boxes still like right, so like so, that it comes okay. in they just kind of like rip that like front part off yeah like, and then you pull seat. yours out yeah yeah so they've got like the shelving things and then um I knew about the quarter. I knew that I had to bring my own bags. Again, like, you can buy bags there. Oh, okay. So it's the reusable bags and stuff like that. Yeah, like, they want you to, they encourage you to bring reusable bags. And actually, I read in that article, one of the articles that I read, like, in Europe, they won't even sell the plastic ones. Here, you can buy plastic bags or you can buy paper bags, but you still have to oh, buy them. Right. If you yeah, don't yeah. bring them on your own. Okay. Cool. Um, well, that's good to encourage people to do that anyway, so. Yeah. The one thing I didn't know, though, like, in all the articles that I read, because, you know, like, they talked about the different things and they talked about like, I don't remember, like maybe things to buy. I can't remember what all the things were in these articles. But the one thing that I didn't read in all this time was that when you check out, like I knew they talked about how fast the checkout is, mm-hmm. but when you check out, they just like take the stuff, like you put the stuff on the belt and they just scan it and they just throw it right back into an empty cart, like not in your bags. Just so you bag it yourself. Yeah. And then you go over to these like, yeah, there are these tables and you just like take your card over and then you can bag stuff up by yourself and then you leave. And I didn't know that. And like when that was You're happening, like, why are you throwing my food? <laughs> I was like, what's happening? <laughs> I have a panic attack. Like that's one of their speed. Like that's, you know, again, like they get people in and out. There's not a lot of like, like the actual lines to get out of the store are very short. Because... Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's good hustle and bustle type deal. It's cool. Yeah. So that was like one of the, with the things, but when, again, talking back to, or so they're like, Sorry, let me summarize. So the grocery store experience was disruptive in that there weren't as many employees. You had to pay a quarter for the car, but there's a lot of uh, speed benefits and cost benefits associated with that. Well, and the disruption really was like, yeah. So they they were able to leverage these cost benefits by offering like some higher quality foods and brands. Because like the Aldi brand itself has like they have a store brand it's very like you don't normally know the brands like every now and then there's like this kind of middle aisle of like common brands that you can buy like you can always buy honey nut cheerios there but then they also have like their aldi nut cheerios yeah Yeah. my kids won't eat the other they will only eat honey nut cheerios like they won't (laughs) eat the off brands brand loyalty yeah they're they're loyal to those 
but the thing is, is like I said, like the cheese, they have like a super awesome organic produce mm-hmm. um, section, which again, they've kind of come out with again in Europe. I think they're a little bit more forward on um, some of the stores, like exclusively produce is only organic, but they've definitely increased since I started shopping there. Um, the amount of organic produce they have. Nice. Um, and you, before you went though, you were saying you learned all of this from going online and reading articles. Yeah. Were they like publications? Were they bloggers? What was the... Well, yeah. So that was the thing. Like they had this like, you know, free, free publicity in like mommy bloggers who were looking to save money and, you know, run their household and you've got a budget of whatever, $150 a week to spend on groceries for a family of five. You could totally do that at Aldi. Like, there's there's no reason that you couldn't have that right that budget. Yeah. Awesome. And then there was like the addition of like the health food, or like you know workout fitness bloggers who were like, I just bought like you know you would see like a huge table full of food of like produce and like something that would normally cost you know a two hundred dollars trip to the grocery store like all laid on this table and it was like oh this is only ninety five dollars or right, whatever yeah. well that's awesome too yeah and it's organic and they because do... they're hitting those organic moms who are into that they're hitting the the savings people like trying to find the best deals they're hitting the like workout people and stuff like that trying to buy a lot of food um, because they're trying to bulk cheese. up yeah and the cheese heads and then they have like this they have some grass fed beef and chicken they have got some like really like I said high end cheese they've got organics they i mean they really get like anything that you're going to want at a regular grocery store if well, I would at least yeah yeah um you know there's i don't know yeah so, so um, they um, definitely like i just read again this like there was like a cart by cart comparison of like Aldi Walmart and like a regular type grocery store and like Aldi like just recently, Walmart they found has had to lower their prices to try to compete with oh, um, wow. local Aldis in certain areas. Wow, yeah. Aldis running Walmart's out of business is wild. Yeah. So I'm curious. So um, getting back to the the uh, bloggers and stuff like that, um, did they? Do you think that they reach out? Do you think they reached out to no. the bloggers? Do you think that just was something that happened organically because their business model was so cool? Yeah. Normally with these, um, sorry. I just need a squeeze fish. Um, I know, we're deep in the candy. Normally with um, bloggers like that, you'll see that, like, affiliate link, like, they have to announce, like, that they're getting paid to promote a product or service or a business. So some of them, yes. I think some of them had affiliate, like, some of the bigger names, but, like, the majority of them, no. They're just, like, here's ten reasons why you need to be shopping at Aldi or like here's the 10 best like sleeper products that you and can you know buy. it's legit because they bought all 10 of those sleeper products because like they're like yeah. I had such a great experience at Aldi I'm gonna write about it like chia <laughs> seeds like you can buy a giant like normally like a, a, a you're gonna buy a bag of chia seeds for like $15 they're not cheap but like Aldi it's like $2 for this like giant bag of chia seeds and you're like you know you feel good about it because you're like they're organic they're yeah, they're legit. It's just because you're paying $2 doesn't mean they're not good. So. Yeah. But no, that's really cool. I mean, they they kind of created their own business model that saved people both money and time while also allowing them to get really high-quality foods that they wanted to. And then that kind of organically led to people talking about them because they're like, well, yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. It was, I mean, it kind of was like the perfect, I don't know, like the, just what you hope for when you're a brand or a yeah. business. You're like, like, we did it. 
<laughs> yeah. People are talking about us. How do we do that? <laughs> you know, when you're like, clients are like, we want to go viral. Yeah. Help me go viral. I'm like, yeah. oh, all right. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Make a funny meme or like blow up a snowman. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Or just have really good prices on the products that people want to buy. <laughs> right. Yeah, that too. They actually have good products that that people want to buy and can afford. Yeah. <laughs> so that was my first one. Awesome. Um, and I will second to you who yeah no my the the brand that i researched um it's not the uber of the disruptors but it's kind of come in second place when everyone's like well what are the brands that really disrupted their industries and so mine's airbnb um for those of you who don't know that's the um site or app where you can basically it's replacing hotels and that if you're going vacation somewhere you can stay in someone's house apartment loft condo um, whatever, or list your own, and list, or list or list your own, so people can be kind of entrepreneurial in their own homes, um, or if vacationers can get uh, experience beyond a hotel where they can have their own kitchen, have their own bedroom, etc. Um, so I was just doing a little bit of the the research and the history of that because I'd stayed in a couple Airbnbs, and one in particular really sticks out. Um, we went up to Saratoga Springs one Fourth of July weekend for um, some fish shows in 2016. And there was like, oh, I don't know, 12 of us in this like five or six bedroom mansion in Saratoga with like on acres and acres of land. And it was just a beautiful home, like everything, so many bathrooms, so many bedrooms, so many places to sleep, huge yard. Like we were golfing during the day in the yard, like just hitting wedge shots and stuff, hanging out. Uh, but it was a really awesome experience. The homeowner was a really great guy. He was actually a fish man himself. So we got him a magnet and stuff like that. He had some posters hanging up in the house. Um, so it was a really awesome experience. And every time I booked on Airbnb, it's been great. Um, so I just wanted to do a little bit of research of kind of how they got here. Because again, that was like, like Uber, one of those brands. It's like, well, why don't you check out Airbnb? I'm like, oh yeah, I've heard of Airbnb, but I don't know why. I think everyone's using it. I'm going to check it out. <laughs> and I got to the site and it looked legit. So I'm like, okay, let's, let's do it. Um, so it was actually started by two designers living in, um, Silicon Valley. Um, and they, there was a play, uh, there was a conference coming into San Francisco um, that week and they knew that like housing and stuff in San Francisco was expensive and they wanted to try to figure out how to make some extra money. They knew that hotels were expensive for tourists. And so this conference coming in, they decided to create rather than putting on Craigslist because they thought Craigslist was a little shady. They created a website for their loft that they had and they booked three people to stay in their loft for the weekend of this conference. And they all start, stayed on airbeds. Um, and they, they charged them eight, like air mattresses. Like? Yeah, yeah, air mattresses, and they charged them eighty dollars a piece. But they had a website and everything, and um, so they decided. Like, and then after that, there were a bunch of people like reaching out again. Like, so it just you know they had this website and people found it, and then people wanted to come stay in San Francisco for this other thing or whatever. And so they branded it Air Bed and Breakfast, um, which I thought was cute. Um, but now it's turn to airbnb obviously after a quick rebrand so basically they decided like we have an idea here this is something where like this is something that's scalable this is a real business look at all the interest we have in this like this is something that people want so where's our audience and they realized like like i had mentioned craigslist like that's typically where someone's going if they don't want to book a hotel and they want a more unique um, vacation experience or whatever they're going to craigslist to find a place to rent for a couple days um to have that more local and unique experience so basically 
like our audience is there. Let's push our listings to Craigslist. And then their listings really stood out because they emphasized like really great descriptions and really great photography. So it didn't look like the like 200 by 200, like blurry image, like the right. one image of the outside of the place and like the one sentence description. Like, so their descriptions really started to, to stand out. And then once someone committed to that, they would be taken over to the Airbnb website and everything would kind of flow through that. And it was just a much better experience than booking on Craigslist. I don't understand Craigslist or otherwise, like who, I don't know, if you're trying to sell something, whether it's an apartment or a coffee table or a couch or a car, like who is going to click on that thing that doesn't have a picture or right. like you're trying to rent an apartment or like rent your, your place out for the weekend for like, like I know like globally during Hall of Fame weekend, mm-hmm. like a lot of people will list their, their homes on Airbnb mm-hmm. for people who are coming in uh, for all the Hall of Fame festivities. But like, who's going to stay in that? Like if you have your choice between like, here are these like two equally priced places to stay. Like, here's a bunch of really high quality pictures, you know, the neighborhood, you know, the home and here's one blurry picture of maybe a kitchen. Right. Like, <laughs> who, I, I just don't understand people who think they can get by with that. Type but that of was, work. that was the culture. And that's what Airbnb, that's part of what Airbnb changed is the Craigslist listings were just like, well, it's Craigslist. Let's see what we're getting here. Like we're not really know. It's just like a, a peace sign. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. And then Airbnb was just like, no, let's make it awesome. So that was kind of my next point is like, Sorry. it was blowing up in San Francisco, but then they kind of expanded their market to New York. And it wasn't doing so hot. So the two founders decided, let's go out to New York and check out what's going on. So it turned out that there were just really horrible pictures, like people were Craigslist posting basically for on Airbnb, and it just wasn't doing too well. And they said, um, you know, a normal company would be like, let's give our hosts directions of how to take professional style photography and train them to be professional photographers. But they're like, no, that's too hard. And nobody's going to do that. Let's offer professional photographers to take pictures of these places. Yeah. So they spent a bunch of money to take pictures of these places (laughs) professionally. And it was free to the hosts. And as soon as they started doing that, everything skyrocketed. So their New York market went way up once all these pictures started. So they did it in Paris and Vancouver and all these cities um, because they realized how important that aspect of it was. Because you're right, when you compare the two side by side, if there's 26 high quality pictures of this place and one blurry picture of this other place, I'm obviously going to go with the high quality um, right. picture place. I probably would pay more. Right. Even. Yeah, because you feel more secure when you book that place. Like Craigslist, you feel like you're getting a surprise because, like, here well, we go. <laughs> I mean, it's like going, it's like when you have an e commerce experience and you're going from like, a website that looks dated and like, you know, the shopping experience hasn't necessarily been updated or you have another website again with like similar prices, even if it's a little bit more expensive, like you just feel a little bit more secure when you buy something from a more modern website and a more modern shopping experience. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so basically it, they were designers. So they thought about the experience first, like in that case, they thought about what's the best experience are like customers. Like web designers or like interior designers? Web designers. Okay. So like what... <laughs> What is the best experience our customers want to have? Well, they'd want to see all these pictures. Okay, how can we do that? And so they kind of worked backwards from there. And then rather than teaching people how to do things and building up to this experience, they're like, nope, let's just give them photographers and make it great right away. User experience. Yeah, so that was, it's a, a company pretty much exclusively built on user experience. And even, you know, they had trouble getting funding at first because people were like, you're just designers, you just make stuff look pretty. You're not people who are going to like, mechanically like make something work you know not that they needed to be engineers or something but any business you need that like well how's it going to work um so then you know they moved on from there they integrated 
um, social profiles so you could see if your friends have stayed at certain places and you can like your interest in Facebook can get pulled in or something like that. So then if you're interested in a certain type of cuisine or something like that, you know, it could recommend a house that's near this type of restaurant or something like that. Um, and then they started, they were real big on experiences. So once they had these people buying these homes, the listings were well optimized with great descriptions and images and stuff like that. They're like, well, how can we get people here, you know, over like, sure, basically our audience is looking for a more local experience. Like they're not looking to stay in some airport hotel and eat at the Denny's diner and McDonald's for lunch and Fridays for dinner. Um, they're looking to stay in a cool neighborhood and a cool place and have more local experiences. So they started these um, exper this experience curation where they would have like local guides create like, you know, here's the list of the 10 best restaurants in this neighborhood or here's the best uh, bar, like whatever. So people could not only book these places, but then they would know exactly what to do and they could kind of create these experiences based on um, their interests, the places they want to stay, um, the things they wanted to do in this new city they were going to. And then they even started to go beyond that and said like, how can we keep people on our app, on our website when they're not looking to go on vacation or go on a business trip or whatever. So they started something called a wish list. Um, so people in their spare time could go and search like, and just like different places, like they mm. could heart it and then they could create their vacation dream list. And they already have curated ones of these too. So it's like best castles in the world or something like that. So you could go through and like star the different castles you want to stay at. So when you're bored at work or something like that, you know, people are still like, I'm up at two o'clock in the morning. What am I going to do? I'm going to plan my castle vacation. Right, exactly. 100% going to do that tonight. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's super cool, though. I, and just from reading, I didn't realize that was a feature, but just from reading about it, it's, a, again, definitely something that I'm going to dive into as well, like to find, like, the coolest Airbnbs to stay at. And, you know, all those lists are curated, or you can do some searching yourself. So just another opportunity because, you know, a website, it's the reason e-commerce company has a blog, because if I'm not interested in buying your products, but I still want you on your web, I still want someone coming to my website or Airbnb. If I'm not going on vacation, I still want someone coming to my website and engaging with my brand because I know that they'll, when they do need to come back, they'll come back and maybe they'll choose from one of the places that they've liked in the past. So, and then, you know, so that's all the experience stuff and they made these experiences really great. But you know, when you have all that stuff and not, it's not all the time that people just come to you because you have it, you have to get the word out. Um, so the A-B tests in different cities, I think Paris and France as a country was one of the big ones where they were testing, like running Facebook ads versus sending a team out there. And when they would send a team out there, they would get, like flyer the whole city. They would host parties. They would host events at like really cool places to stay and like get people fired up. And the Facebook ads, they would target, you know, their tar they knew who their target audience was, so they would target those. And they found that the when they sent people to these cities, it was like infinitely more ROI than when they did these Facebook ads, even though the Facebook ads were cheaper and more scalable. Um, so one of the guys, one of the, the number two in command for marketing, like up until like 2013 or something commented on this thing and said, like, we discovered that even if we were doing 30 tactics at a high level, they performed infinitely better than doing one tactic in a really detailed way. Um, so like basically you mentioned, like, even if something isn't scalable, it's still worth trying because, it could turn out in a way that you didn't expect. So when they were sending people to Paris, the South of France, and, you know, it's a lot of money to get people to those places to host these parties, to put these flyers up and to generate the buzz about this business, rather than just doing like Facebook or digital ads where you could sit there in your San Francisco office and send ads wherever. Um, it actually worked a lot better. So, and not to say that, you know, they didn't 
couple of those things with the digital ads. So it's important to be in all those different places, but it was just an interesting take. And I think it makes sense because that personalized experience, like if I went to an Airbnb party versus if I saw an Airbnb Facebook ad. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. How do you get in on the Airbnb parties? Right. Yeah. I wonder if they're still doing them. Probably. I don't know. <laughs> Call us. <laughs> yeah. Airbnb. <laughs> right. Yeah. But that personal connection, like, if I went to a party or talked to a guy or a girl about Airbnb and how awesome it was, I'm way more likely to give it a shot than just seeing a Facebook ad. But if you see that Facebook ad before and then you hear about the party, you're like, oh, yeah, I heard about that. Let's go check it out. Yeah. So. Well, that's like I feel like that's kind of what I like how I was introduced to Airbnb as well was like not necessarily because I was looking for a place to stay, but I had friends that were traveling or who were traveling and um, you know, but they did post on social of like, hey, I'm going to like whatever Memphis for the weekend. Like right. anybody have any great like recommendations and like, it, you know, it never failed. Like someone was like, Oh, like I found this great place on Airbnb. You gotta check out Airbnb. Yeah. yeah. And like, it didn't matter. Like there was like somebody was going to London. Someone was going to, again, like I said, Memphis, Seattle, wherever they were going, like there right. always seemed to be somebody with like somebody making that recommendation again, kind of just that organic reach that you want and hope to get as a business where you've given people such a great experience that they're just becoming advocates. Yeah, they're going to talk about free you. advocates right. for you no matter what. Um, and right. yeah, I, yeah. So a couple, I mean, a couple other marketing things I guess that I want to talk about. That they did is they did a rebrand to that like pinkish red color mm-hmm. that they are now with that um, like infant like that loop that kind of looks yeah, like the a heart a with the B on the sides. Yeah, exactly. So it kind of looks like a heart as well. So before, before they it was like that pink and it looked like a baby. They were Shower. like little blue, yeah, and it was and, like so, and, blue. and it was like kind of almost written in like a weird cursive font. So they rebranded, and then they allowed people. They created like a software on their website where people could have fun with their logo and do their own like stuff like that. So just more interactive features um, that they knew that their young audience would be interested in creating and stuff like that because they're they're not interested in that like all white hotel room. They're interested in a super unique rustic cabin in the woods or something like that. You know, so yeah. Um, giving their audience the opportunity to even create with their own logo and stuff like that. Again, just bringing people back to their platform um, when they aren't looking for a place to stay. And then they created their app. And I think the quote in the article from one of the founders was like, imagine if Uber drivers had to go home and check their desktop every time they wanted they needed a new ride. Like, awesome. So they created this app with an amazing experience, not only for people booking, but for people um, hosting so that, you know, as soon as you get a message or something like that, or as soon as someone books your place, you know, um, so you don't have to like, you know, it's just that mobile first world. And they realized that early and made, made sure their app was super user friendly and stuff yeah. like that. So, well, so like, I think the, another market that they kind of, they cornered and it wouldn't say it's necessarily a disruption, but they almost answered a need in these, um, you know, you think of like these little cottage towns where, like in the south of France, where there's not a bunch of hotels, but maybe you want to visit the mm-hmm. south of France. Like, where do you stay? Right. Yeah, um, exactly. So you're able to kind of, a friend of ours just went to somewhere in like West Virginia, like the New River Gorge, maybe. Like, okay. Mar- yeah. Mary Beth. I don't know if you saw that. Like, she yeah, went yeah. Way water rafting. And it was like this like kind of last minute girls trip that they planned. Um, and they got a great deal. They found an Airbnb. And again, it was like, they didn't have to worry about like, you know, finding a hotel in that area isn't necessarily like it's a little bit further out from where the gorge is, but there are people that have cabins and 
Like this place was kind of remote. It was it was out there a little bit. Yeah, a little bit of ways. Same with but... the place I stayed in Saratoga Springs. There wasn't really another house for a long way. Um, but yeah, exactly. Like these small towns, even Canton. Like we have hotels here, but they're like three star, two star. So if you want a nicer place to stay, you can hop on Airbnb and probably get a mansion or something like that. Um, so yeah, definitely filling that void of like those more remote but like still cool places to go like who don't have a ton of lodging and stuff like that so offering that unique experience maybe you live in florida half the year and just want to like right my grandparents should airbnb their country club condo they should totally (laughs) they should totally do that because everyone wants to go to naples florida in july and just sit there in 102 and 100 oh i think you meant up up here oh they couldn't here in the winter i guess but no one wants to come to hartville ohio in the winter either so I don't know. <laughs> Guess it's worth a shot. You never know. Well, yeah, but anyway, I thought that they really did a great job of disrupting the the lodging industry, the hotels and stuff like that um, in a lot of different ways and just kind of creating those experiences for their hosts and their customers that they want and then getting the message out there in a really great way. Um, because I think when it was founded by two designers and they were so focused on the experience being great, I think that was a really great place to start because... Like I said, a lot of people would start with the beginning and they almost started with the end and worked backwards and it worked really well for them. Yeah, and you got the, I mean, you also kind of got the the words, um, you know, you stay at a hotel and you can you know, see a review or you see it has so many ratings um, or even like a place like, like if you've ever used like VRBO. Right, similar concept. Um, but, you know, it still like feels kind of like property management esque like you know that it's not just like this person that's just like you know wants to rent their home again like those types of sites and places are more geared toward like the you know the vast user or right um but yeah i'm i'm totally into it i yeah and like i said i've stayed in a few airbnbs and every time is a really great experience so and there's there's plenty of negatives in that article about you know someone stayed in airbnb and left a mess pipe and like stole their shit but they they now offer a million dollar insurance um, and stuff like that so i mean they they took the right steps to kind of make sure it's good for everybody and you know you're not just renting your house out and then someone's going to steal all your shit or you're not just running a house that someone's just going to leave like a bunch of dirty dishes in the sink or something like that so yeah i mean i've seen some like some weird ones where it's like just one room in somebody's actual house i think that's what i'm doing this summer um for the fish festival there's we rented two rooms so i think these people are actually going to be there when we're there so i'll let you know how that goes (laughs) if i'm still alive (laughs) (laughs) I think you'll be all right. No, I should be fine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that was my Airbnb story. But I thought, you know, Uber, Airbnb are like the top two disruptor brands people talk about these days. But a lot of times you're just like, oh yeah, disruptors, Uber, Airbnb. But you don't really know why. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I use them, I guess. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I just wanted to tell that that backstory, and I thought it was pretty cool. I liked it, and I was I'm really proud of your notes. <laughs> <laughs> it kept me so on track, like. I read the article and then didn't just try to remember it. I was just like, oh, and then this point. Yeah, I got to mention that. <laughs> yeah, I got some notes. Um, so yeah. my my last one, are you done? Yep, I'm, I'm all finished. So we got we got time for one more. One more. This one's going to be short because I, I don't really have a ton of stuff to say about it. And it's not the disruption like Uber or Airbnb or, you know, even Aldi. It's a little bit obscure. Um, but I want to talk about Spotify for a minute mm-hmm. in the music industry and kind of like leans towards similar to what you, some of the things, points that you were making about Airbnb, which is like for a long time, there was like, you know, obviously you bought a 
a CD or you had to, if you wanted to listen to like whatever, some new album that came out, you could download it from iTunes and just listen to the music. There wasn't like, like the streaming aspect of things wasn't that great. And then we landed on Pandora, which Pandora was like, okay. And it was like, there was some cool playlists. And it was like, if you're having a party and like setting a mood, you were like, yeah, right, this isn't yeah, too yeah. bad. But like, unless you had the paid version, you were like, I, oh, you know, I really want to hear this song. And you would go to Pandora and be like, type in the song you wanted to hear. And it was like, so we think you want to hear this song. Instead, we're just going to play you all the other songs by this artist and similar artists of songs <laughs> that are like, kind of like that song, but not actually ever hearing the song that you want right. to hear. Oh, like, I remember, like, waiting, like, I swear, like, just, like, 10, 15 songs in, you're like, seriously? And then you only got, like, with the free one, you only got, like, two skips or three skips or something like that. Um, yeah, yeah. But Spotify so they, really changed, turned that around, really. Yeah, they did. Um, and I like the, they kind of have some different experiences as well that are maybe, um, I don't want to say, encouraging people to use the paid version versus the... No, oh, I used the paid. I couldn't... I had the non-paid for like a week. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I was like, I need to pay for this. I was using my coworker's family plan. Then they realized I wasn't his family and I got kicked out. Oh, no. I was. I asked about that the one day. I yeah, didn't I realize got, that. I got the boot. And uh, so I had to pay for my own Spotify. But it's so worth it. I mean, I use that all the time. I don't pay for it. But mostly because like I listen to Spotify when I'm at work. And on the desktop app, you don't have that. Like you still have ads, but you don't have a lot of the restrictions. Like there's no skip. Like oh okay, if you're using yeah. a playlist or something like that. Yeah, you can um, listen and like you don't have to shuffle to play. Like so it'll play in order um, on the desktop app versus on the mobile app, which is a little bit different. But again, that user, like if you're willing to pay for that premium experience, and the price point still like is not terrible. Um, no, I pay, totally I pay like nine or ten bucks a month or something like that. So. Yeah. Um, so obviously one of the reasons I love Spotify just in general is just music and how much I like music, um, being able to listen to it whenever I want, whenever I want. Um, but Spotify has kind of shaken it up. Like I said, they've shaken it up a little bit of how accessible it is. Um, but really the social aspect of it, I think is what changed the game for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, because you kind of had this option, for a long time, and I think I maybe talked about this on one past episode, and won't go too crazy into it because I think we actually ended up editing it out. Oh yeah, we I cut went, it out. We cut it out. We either cut it out or it was one of the ones where you like re-record. Like, oh yeah, good times. <laughs> yeah, Connor's old computer. <laughs> we had a couple bad experiences you guys don't know about, but yeah. But anyway, so like, I long story short, I had this group of friends, and we used to make each other mixtapes, and then it went into mix CDs. Like we were like mailing these CDs to one another, and then just recently. Not that re more, not that recently, but like you know, three or four years ago, we, well, no, just recently, I guess, maybe a year or two ago. The time frame's not important. It's not. Thank you. <laughs> um, we, I created a Spotify playlist again for the same group of friends, and I shared it in our little Facebook, fa like our Facebook friend group. It's like, hey, like I made a new mix for '96. It's on the Spotify list, and like. Most of the people that I'm friends with all are on Spotify and use Spotify. A couple of people like weren't that familiar, but like used it. But like they like jumped right on board. But the yeah, the playlist. Yeah, like, the playlist there. Like, was a catalyst for them to jump in. Yeah, and like a couple other people started creating their playlists and sharing them within Spotify. Um, I have like, again another friend of mine who like she and her husband own a food truck, 
And they just have like it's you know because you figure if you're on a food track you have like super long days and you're just yeah yeah like, you might as well play some music yeah so they just have like this <laughs> I mean there's just hours and hours and hours of like really good really really good music nice um, and I subscribed to that playlist for a really long time it was the gyros and that playlist gyros and and the at symbol because they're from Pittsburgh so there's that whole and at thing which is like a Pittsburgh colloquial um, deal but it's a good playlist and. The collaboration is also something that's super cool if you've got a group of friends or you're going to a party or like if you have oh, a wedding yeah. or something where you're like, a uh, wedding that you would have a Spotify playlist, but like some kind of event that you would like. <laughs> we didn't hire a DJ, we just made a <laughs> we playlist. We just made a playlist. What, what? No, but like a party, you know, you're having a party no, with yeah, a group of friends party, and whatever, yeah. Yeah, you can invite people to collaborate and and, and share and people can put their all, all different types of your favorite mu- music on. Um, and then they personalized it to the user itself. Again, like when you think about Pandora, you've got like kind of these pre-curated like mood lists, which Spotify also offers. But now like before it was like, you would have your discover weekly and it was like, Oh, here's some songs. They're like similar artists that are things that you're listening to right now that you might want to like, but now you've got like your daily playlist. Right. You have all those daily mixes. You have new releases. You have the mood ones. You have, yeah, and I've discovered also, you have like so much. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've discovered like so many new artists and and music that like I never would have listened to or never would have heard without Spotify, like having recommended those certain songs. Or... Yeah, definitely. And before I used Spotify in college, I listened to my iPod, and I was cool with that when I drove. Um, but then I just got tired of picking my own music and I realized like, that's the great thing about the radio is that they pick the music for you. Like you might not always like it, but you don't have to think about it basically. So I started listening to the radio again and, but then once I got, um, Spotify and again, I don't listen to music in the car. I listen to NPR because I'm a, I'm a cultured person. (laughs) No slight to anyone. I listen to music. I listen to music in the car sometimes too, but. I play the long road trip. I don't mind listening to music in the car. Yeah, yeah, of course. Like you can't listen, you can't listen to NPR for like two or three hours, but. I will say that once I got Spotify, I started listening to music, whether it be at a friend's house or at my place hosting people or in the car, and then it started creating these playlists. So I figured out what I was into, and then it created these playlists. So now if I'm in a friend's house, I'm like, oh, this playlist looks good. Let's play it. And then I just know that it, you know the song's coming up. I don't have to think about it, and it's going to work. So they kind of got all the best of both best and, of all the worlds basically yeah and then like they also like pair with brands and businesses right that, like there's like, a nike like, running playlist or yeah absolutely like that one playlist that have i stay or whatever have a good day that one playlist you were listening to oh, it was a like, great day it was like yeah. good morning america like there was it actually was from like some morning oh was it i didn't yeah. even look into it but it was a great playlist yeah it was a really good playlist have a great day look it up <laughs> yeah it was a, it's a good playlist it's a great playlist we were listening to it earlier actually. i know <laughs> but yeah so that's again like one of the things a little bit different like and i don't know i haven't listened to or even tried to listen to pandora yeah at all recently my mom likes pandora though she has her station set up and she plays them in the morning and stuff so yeah i mean everyone's got their thing but i like i felt no reason to go back which i think is like part of you know creating that experience and and making uh i can't think of it retention's not the right word but you know like I'm not going to leave Spotify. Like, it's going to take me a lot. It's going to take something yeah, pretty big cra- for me to, like... some other disruptor, really. Yeah. Like, and I don't know what that is. If I did know, then I would be a millionaire, but... <laughs> yeah, but again, like, and they keep adding new things. Like, they added podcasts, obviously. We list our podcasts on Spotify. Yeah, you can Spotify. listen to drug marketing on Spotify. You can. And actually, <laughs> the funny thing is, is since I got my new phone, my earbuds 
like I don't have the lightning cable earbuds like it oh, work. Oh, it work. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I have just like my regular ones with that extender. Yeah, yeah. Thing. Um, so when I have to listen to the podcast, like I haven't listened if I haven't listened to the podcast back, which I really haven't had time recently to listen to the podcast back. Um, I'm listening like while I'm working and I have to listen to it on Spotify because I'm not listening to it from my phone. So right. I'm like, I just go to Spotify. Yeah. And I know, I know a couple of our, my the old coworkers, um, were listened to on Spotify too. I mean, if you don't have an iPhone listening to podcasts is like, I don't know. Cause we both have iPhones, but I know it's more difficult because you have to figure out, okay, what app do I want to listen to it on? Is it Stitcher? Is it Spotify? Is it TuneIn? Yeah. Um, so yeah, but you can listen to us on Spotify. Yeah. So they they did. They did a good push for podcasts too. So they started as just music and doing playlists and stuff like that. But now most of the big time podcasts, obviously drunk marketing included, <laughs> is on Spotify too. So they're starting to cater to all their all the different audiences of people who listen to things. Yeah. <laughs> and another thing, like on the social side of things, is and I don't know how it is on the phone because I've never quite noticed that on the phone. But when I'm using the desktop app kind of this little like bar on the right hand side and it's like people that you who you follow like you, know, oh, you can right. follow your friends yeah, yeah, yeah. on spotify and it shows like what they're listening to and i've had like multiple occasions where i've been able to like i've taken a screenshot and sent like, it to oh, someone you're listening to this right like now? what you listen to right now yeah <laughs> what's going on yeah i like big butts and i cannot lie huh what's or, up like <laughs> like hot romance yeah <laughs> I was like, ah, I don't want to know what's going oh, on. God, yeah. Yikes. I think I turned off that functionality in mine for that reason. Oh, for people to be able to see what you're listening to? Yeah, like, I don't know if you would ever be able to see mine. Or I, maybe I didn't log in with Facebook. I don't know, one or the other. Um, but yeah, Spotify did, did do a great job disrupting. I mean, like I said, most of the time people, like, I had a CD or I had stuff on my iPod, but now it was Spotify. You have all the music you want to listen to at your fingertips. You don't have to use storage. It's all streamable. Yeah, um, except for those, some you know, except for Taylor Swift. Right, that's the, that's the problem. Is T Swift? Yeah, like Apple Music has way less market share, but like if you have Apple Music, at least you can listen to the new Drake and Taylor Swift albums. I guess. So. Yeah, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> great ending. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, but I I think Spotify did a great job, and it's something that I use. Airbnb again is something that I use. Aldi is a place I haven't shopped at, but I know that you have, and I know a lot of other people haven't had really great experiences. But I think all of let's these. Let's go get some cheese. Yeah, for real. For next week, if instead of candy. <laughs> yeah, instead of candy, we should eat cheese. Ooh, we could do wine and cheese next week. I like it. And yeah, so that's a good idea. Write that down. <laughs> um, but yeah, all these brands kind of created a unique experience with their brand and then figured out how to market market it to people um, in a way that was effective. They knew their target audience um, like Lego did, yeah. so many callbacks. Um, yeah, I think they all did a really great job of creating a good brand experience and then marketing that successfully. So Maybe we'll have charcuterie next week. Oh my gosh, we should have charcuterie next week. I haven't talked about charcuterie in a while. But... Yeah, only the real OGs know when we're talking about charcuterie. What's up? <laughs> We love charcuterie in Jersey Shore. Yeah, so no, we still have not been sponsored by any charcuterie yeah. <laughs> purveyors, but one of these days. One of these days. Until then, this has been Drunk Marketing. I'm Connor. I'm Chelsea. Cheers. Cheers.